Football is back and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Um, all right, man, let's get, let's get going straight in. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast, Ring Our Seat. I'm Lisa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. How are you? I'm really good, actually. Oh, yeah? Really. I'm just really happy. Really happy. Is it because Manchester United drew 1-1 with young boys? No, it's <laughs> it's just because the Champions League uh, group stage is complete. And I, I, just, I like completion. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry to be that guy, but they are not complete, actually. What's not complete? Because Atalanta Villarreal got postponed until Thursday. We're recording this Wednesday night after the games. So Oh, I didn't see it being called off. I didn't see it being called off. I saw the delays. Mm. Didn't realise it was off. So, so I'm not happy time, I'm not I'm not happy. I'm not happy. By the, by the time you hear this, you will know who would have gone through to the Europa League and who would have gone through to the second stage. Well, in the knockout stage of the Champions League. Um quick disclaimer. The sound might be a little bit different. I'm on a different mic just for this episode. So sorry about that. Other than that, should we get on some admin real quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, first of all, hope everyone's staying safe and well. Getting vaccinated if you can. Getting that booster. Yes, and get boosted, no doubt. Chat shit, get vaxxed. Have we said chat shit, get vaxxed? No, we haven't. It's we incredible. That's, that's we brilliant. We must have. We must have. Chat shit, get vaxxed. You can banter with us. That's brilliant. You can banter with us on one condition that you get vaxxed. Don't banter, don't banter with us unless you've got the vaccine. <laughs> unless you have very good reasons for not getting it. Unless yeah, you've obviously. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Subject to um, Don't forget to check the Stadio newsletter if you want to get our weekly newsletter. Might switch to fortnightly at some point, but at the moment <laughs> it's weekly. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like having to read a new book every week, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, go to stadio.football, scroll down to the bottom, pop your email address in. You'll get a confirmation email, so check your junk folder. But uh, yeah, we don't pass your email on to anyone, it's just for us. Um, We got the, we put, we wrote it in the, in the newsletter, but we got the final figure for the amount of money that's being donated to the Trust of Trust, thanks to all of you who bought T-shirts, it is £8,870, which is around €10,440 or US dollars It's a huge amount of money. So it's combined with the um, Pride T-shirts that went on sale this year, it means that all of you who have purchased merchandise this year have helped raise around 13,000 euros for charity this year. So thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. It's amazing. That's delightful. So happy with that. Um, they're in production at the moment, though, though, the totes and the sweaters, and they'll be on the way to you very soon. 
and shouts to Prince Social and obviously to the Trussell Trust. That money will go towards helping eradicating food poverty in the UK and supporting UK food banks. Stadio Outros play this on Spotify if you want to check all the music we play out on each episode. <clears throat> search for Stadio Outros on Spotify. Newest ones at the top. And the ringer.com forward slash soccer for all of your footballing needs on the ringer. Brian Phillips had a piece go up about West Ham. It's very good. I think that's all the admin. Seems like it. I've got something coming up early next week on ringer.com forward slash soccer. But apart from that, nothing new to report. No books. No books. No books. No. <laughs> no. Not this week. All right. So today we're going to whiz through the Champions League, the final match day of the group stages. But there's also Women's Champions League this week before we get on to the men's. Wolfsburg beating Sylvester 3-0 away. Chelsea drawing with Juve at home, which is a really interesting result. I think because of the, the points that Juve have taken off of Wolfsburg, it means that um, Wolfsburg and Juve level on points now. They're not the wildest surprise given the FA Cup final and the aftermath, I think. Not the wildest surprise. Do you reckon there were some um, celebrations? I don't know. I just think it's the level of intensity you come in with. It's not so much the celebrations, but the catharsis of finishing off the treble. Mm. Plus Juventus being highly motivated. And if you're just like 10% beneath your best, then Juve steamroll it in. Plus that group is trickier than it looked. Mm. Wolfsburg showed, sign, showed, well, Wolfsburg showed a lot of signs of life um, against Chelsea, which they've kicked on from actually. That result was actually quite a turning point for them, I think, to an extent. Um, so yeah, not, not the wildest surprise, but yeah. Um, a good in group, group B. That, yeah, in Group B, big wins for PSG and Real Madrid meant that they are still the top two in that group. And PSG PSG probably well, grateful for we'll, that result given their week. Yeah, they'll go through top of that group. Uh, we'll be at the Emirates for Arsenal-Barcelona mm. on Thursday. We will actually, before I forget on the PSG thing, there's a brilliant report by um, Tarek Panja um, with a sister reporting from Roman Molina about what was happening behind the scenes uh, at PSG. Really difficult time for the club off the field. Mm. Quite murky, really, but really good piece of investigative reporting there. So check it out if you can in the New York Times. I reckon we get into the Men's Champions League after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, man. Where would you want to begin? Because I thought we could let the questions guide us. So should we just wrap up who went through Manchester City, PSG, Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, Ajax, Sporting, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Bayern Munich, Benfica, Manchester United, Lille, Salzburg, Juve, Chelsea. Salzburg, a bit surprised there, but still, all good. If you don't mind, I would quite like to just quickly talk about Atleti because yeah, yeah, and yeah. I wrote this in the newsletter actually that at half time they looked like they were they were gone. And yep, they did. there was actually a period of the evening when they weren't going to be in Europe at all. They were going out of Europe completely. Then all of a sudden they kind of tapped into this old school Atleti muscle memory and just thought, Do you know what this game needs? It needs to be dragged down. <laughs> this game is one of the most it's one, it's the one where the scoreline tells you everything and nothing about the kind of game it was. You can look at the scoreline and be, oh, oh, 3-1, okay. Uh, but then you're also like, that's not what happened. This game was not a 3-1. In fact, I can't even tell you what the true scoreline of this game actually is. That's how weird it was. And I watched it. So I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, let's start at the beginning because uh, Mateus yep. Kinney came on for Luis Suarez after just 13 minutes. Luis Suarez looked, looked absolutely destroyed. Went up with an injury. It was 0-0 at halftime. Antoine Griezmann opened the scoring for Atleti. Assist from Thomas Lamar. 10 minutes into the second half. And then 10 minutes after the Griezmann goal, all hell broke loose in a kind of 
nine-minute spell, eight-minute spell of just absolute carnage, which started with Yannick Carrasco's red card. It was, it was probably red. fair. It was definitely it was a red. red. <laughs> you know, it was a red because he backed it. Because there was actually there was actually red, and there was a red because I was watching like yourself in the conference, and someone else got sent off, and for quite a sort of dramatic gesture. I think it was in the Real Madrid uh, intergame. Uh, Berea got it sent off, so Berea kicked out. So in the context of that, Berea basically like kicked out at Militao, got sent off, and like he basically backed it. And then like when Carrasco did it, and was so blatant with it, I was like, oh, do you know what? Maybe he'll stay on just because. He fronted up. He's like, yeah, this is what it is. It's nothing less than that. Like, I thought in the context of the game, the ref might have gone, do you know what? Actually, it's a bit of a moody match. Just hang around. But no, he was straight gone. And it was funny because Carrasco was quite dangerous until then. I mean, he's, as he's been, you know, the entire, well, the last 18 months for Atleti. Uh, so that was, that, that looked like being the end, actually. To your point, that looked like kind of being curtains. I thought they were done at that point. And then, <laughs> Oh my God. And then Porto Ven- like hold my beer. Yeah. Do you want <laughs> chaos? I'll give you chaos. Vendel got sent off for an elbow in kind of into Mateus Cunha's neck, throat. But Is that the it, first it time someone's elbowed someone and has been more disorientated by their own action than the person actually suffered the elbow? Just ignored the red card and stayed on the pitch. He looked almost confused. Yeah. Like he didn't realise that his time, I don't know if he was trying to faint to stay on or if he was just like unaware of the enormity of what he'd done. I couldn't work it out. I mean, Kenya made a massive meal of it. Yeah, he did. He did. They all did. They all did. Yeah. And then it all kicked off and uh, Augustine Marcheson got got sent off as well. He was just on the bench and there was this brawl that went on and uh, (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) Can I, well, I said this, I said this on Twitter. My favourite moment of the entire match and maybe the Champions League round was Pepe being a force of moderation. Like Pepe was actually trying to have a dialogue. <laughs> if if Pepe is the lead diplomat in, in that scenario, You're you know in big shit trouble. is going, yeah, you know, big... you, know it's, you know it's irreparable. Whatever is happening is irreparable. <laughs> if Pepe is saying we have to rethink this, Guys, I think we should just to, talk about it. Sorry, hang on a minute. You're Pepe. You've what, gone to a particular what, what place. Is this? <laughs> what is this? You know, the game wasn't won and Atleti could have gone out and uh, they got a goal from Angel Correa and Rodrigo nice De Paul. It was actually nice in uh, assist from Griezmann and Rodrigo De Paul in the space of a couple of minutes in stoppage time, which was enough to steal the game. But Sergio Oliveira also got a penalty late in the game because the game wasn't done. Can I talk about Rodrigo de Paul's goal? It's the most, he went from being the most most athletic athletic player they'd never signed to score the most athletic goal I've seen. (laughs) I I could imagine someone scoring, (laughs) winning the ball in the fullback position, (laughs) you know, where he had no right to really. And then like getting it square and then following up and sort of almost rugby tackling the ball into the net. It was amazing. Um, he's been great for them this year. It's been really good for them this year. Yeah, he has, man. He's been a great signing. But Atleti is so weird. They're such a weird team. Impossible to analyse. Yeah, I'm just not they're, entirely they're sure if they're team. actually like that good. I but don't they think they because they have, they. but they should be because they have like the best squad in La Liga. I think they're. In, it's a weird thing of the transition, isn't it? It's the weird. Mm. They're caught between its identity. They're neither what they were or what Simeone seems to want them to be they're neither mm. they're neither nor yeah very quickly there was one poignant moment when um, Griezmann put in Correa to score for the eventually decisive second goal for Atleti it was funny because I watched that goal thinking this is why you were never going to work at Barca because that mm. was exactly the type of like counter counter goal that Messi would put in Suarez for I mean even the dynamics even the movement the touch like the position that Griezmann takes up I'm like that's that's Messi's spot do you remember that time when like, they published the heat maps for Barca and like Messi and like Griezmann had like the same the same heat maps and I was like wow you've just signed mirror image players it's awful um, but yeah glad Griezmann's happy and doing well scoring I wish he would do less less dancing not that I don't love seeing him happy but you know I think the uh, the moves the dance moves need a bit of work especially from someone who hangs out with so many great dancers like <laughs> in the French national team you're not picking anything up come on <laughs> um, Porto were, were very unlucky in this game they, they, I actually think they they deserved a lot more out of it yeah I think so yeah I mean they just like Atleti could not deal with them in the first half at all they should be a bit disappointed considering how deep they've gone Champions League last year they should be disappointed they should be 
Yeah, and they really had Atleti on the ropes for a while. Yeah, they did. And they did. Um, but I mean, strange, like we said this, only Liverpool with a positive goal difference in that group. Liverpool beat Milan after going a goal down. Uh, we put this in the, in the newsletter as well, but young Mr. Phillips doing a drag back in his own penalty box that completely stalks two AC Milan attackers, which was absolutely And then got rushed with adrenaline and played it into the feet of a... <laughs> played the feet of a midfield and put put the team back in trouble again, which is amazing. But I, I excuse that because that's adrenaline. That's adrenaline. I saw people posting about it, calling him the Aldi Maldini. <laughs> just, just <absolutely laughs> Someone did reply and say prime Busquets, which I did quite like. Because one thing you didn't realize, one thing you don't realize about Busquets, well, I didn't realize until I watched him more closely was this man did terrifying things. He was mm. incredibly risky in key positions. So yeah, shout out to Nat Phillips. Um, very quickly in Group A, Man City lost to RB Leipzig in in an empty Leipzig, uh, which was enough to send Leipzig through to the Europa League because PSG had beaten Brugger. RB Leipzig only had to match Brugger's result. Can I say, love to PSG. watch Sobosly's finish. Mm. Old school, going around the keeper. You don't see that too much and I love it. I love to see it. I can it. buy lots of man, two and two in the, Euro- in the Champions League. Looking good, yeah, yeah. Man City going through top of that group, PSG going through second. Very quickly, Mbappe masterclass. Yes. About him masterclass and, and the goal, the assist to Messi, which I know it's a bit a bit hipster to say this, but Messi scored a beauty, but the cross he'll pass that Mbappe hits to Messi is out of this world. Just absolutely just clatters it. I just I just love a clean crossfield. You know, I love to watch like strikers doing build up play. It's very much relevant to my interests. It's a pass first striker. Interesting. Well, I didn't want to a pass first striker who never passed. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> 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 Let's quickly talk about Juve beating Malmo 1-0 to go through top of the group because Chelsea drew 3-0 with Zenit after going 1-0 up, 2-1 down, 3-2 up, and then conceding a 94th minute equaliser. Can I say a bit of sympathy for Zenit because they played some beautiful football in this group. I've really enjoyed watching them in this group, actually. Both games against Chelsea, I found them really enterprising, really interesting. The way they play out from the back is great. The way they break is so good. They can account, they can attack against the deep line defence. I've really enjoyed them. So slightly sorry for them, actually. Um, but yeah, great win for UV. Yeah, Chelsea heavily rotated. Well, they, they heavily rotated, but they still had a, a strong squad. And, still, a, uh, yeah, still a very good uh, team, yeah. Should we touch on that group which saw Wolfsburg go out? Yeah, I mean, that was an interesting game. So Salzburg, Sevilla, I watched that one. Um, Salzburg, 21 games unbeaten at home. Right. So no really? clouds playing with an empty, yeah, playing with an empty um, stadium, mm. but that didn't deter them. They absorbed pressure really well from Salzburg and good value. And Adeyemi with a crucial assist um, for Okafor's winner. And those two players, really impressive actually, um, mm. throughout this group and just in general. Adeyemi is getting a lot of um, a lot of hype in particular, and rightly so. But yeah, severe, slightly disappointing there. Um, not the best night for. Not the best group or well, not, sorry, not the best contest for Spanish teams at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, but that Europa so. League is going to be tasty though because Lopetegui's back in that now. Sevilla are back in Europa League. Their competition, I'd, isn't it? I'd want no parts of that. No, if I was I mean, a we'll, substandard We'll talk team, about the Europa want... League a little bit later because I think it's, a, it's going to be a really interesting... Uh, a, like The teams who have gone in from the Champions League I think are going to be really make a really interesting addition to it. But let's Good. quickly shout out Lille because they put Wolfsburg away in Wolfsburg and were really good they went through top of that group good side I, I wouldn't want to play I wouldn't want to play them you know especially not because they've got nothing really to play for in the in the league at this point Champions League is a prize for them in terms of because the league is really beyond them at this point they can see this as a step in their evolution um, they got caught a bit cold start of the year I think uh, but that front of Yilmaz and David is is really exciting Mm. And what's great, what's great, in Yale, in, particularly in, in David's case, is that he has kicked on. People had a good look at him last year. And very often when that happens with a young player, people work you out. But he's managed to remain productive, which is really great to see. Some great goals in Ajax Sporting, even though Ajax were com- Ajax. comfortable winners in that game. We'll talk about Ajax in a little bit. And a couple of absolutely amazing goals in the Real Madrid Inter game as well. One, one, issue, with Tony, one issue with Tony Cruz refuses to hit the ball hard still. 
I'm going to hit it seventy <laughs> percent. No, I've seen him hit it pretty hard. Well, no, no, he's not, he's not, he's not hammering this one, is he? he didn't, well, no, apart from that no, free kick, no, he didn't hammer. Yeah, I've seen him hit that once. The Sweden free kick, and that was the, <laughs> the, the. I've seen him get angry once, and that was the anger strike. But apart from that, it's all been like you know, third gear. Gorgeous goal, though. Plucky, not so plucky, Sharif. Into really, really, the Europa not, not League. Financi- not financially exactly. plucky, I'll tell you that. Um, as are Barcelona into the Europa League after losing 3-0 at Bayern. Not a massive surprise. Although, in the other game, before Benfica scored, Dinamo Kiev had an absolutely unbelievable chance to take the lead. It reminded me of that theory that you always say before of thrashing. There's always one really good chance for the opposition. Yes. Yeah, yeah, always. And always. it was a such a it was such a glaring miss. I was just like, "Oh, okay, Benfica are going to win this." We get thrashed. Yeah, yeah. That was the moment. That was the moment that could have saved Barca, and it didn't. I think their lack of progress is actually merciful. To be honest, I think it's merciful. I think it takes a little bit of the heat off them again, and just kind of really cements this season. Is I mean, the last thing they needed was like another battering in Europe. I mean, they they kind of got one of Bayern but it was kind of like a kind one also but, it's in context because of all the missing pieces mm. they might have in March they might have those players back I just don't some might say you want to go deep in the Champions League as deep as you can but I don't think that's true for Barcelona because they have had those two big traumatic defeats mm. well, th- well yeah Roman and Liverpool the traumatic defeats so and then Bayern as well yeah, but oh my God, I think, Lee, yeah, goodness, three years. remember? There have been so many, I forgot, yeah, horrifying. Yeah. It's so, there have been so many traumatic defeats in that stage, I've forgotten them. So this was, a, this was a decent exit for them. They really do look threadbare. Mm. Now, threadbare is a weird thing to say, but in terms of the, I think what I mean by threadbare is it's an extremely uneven squad. Well, this squad just doesn't match up compared to anyone else who has any hope or ambition of going deep in the Champions League. Not at all. Their squad barely can match up to two or three teams in La Liga, really. It's lightweight. It's world-class in terms of potential, but also lightweight in certain areas. The defence is just... I mean, yeah, you, you, could, you could plausibly sell the, you could plausibly sell the defence with the, with the exception of Araujo. It's, 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 it's room for a big overhaul there. And I don't mean that. I'm not trying to be mean when I say that. What I'm saying is in terms of the Barcelona level, the standard they hold themselves to, for reasons of injury, age, bad luck, positional misfits, all of that, it just, it's not quite working for them, unfortunately. We had a couple of questions on Barca. So should we do these now before we get back into the rest of the questions? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Holly Ballin says, will Barca now win the Europa League? in a competition that now also includes clubs like Dortmund, Porto, Sevilla, etc. And would it be considered a success or a failure in the context of this season if they did or didn't? I don't think they'll win the Europa League. I think they might have a go at it and they might get through a few rounds. But I think that ultimately when it comes down to the final four, the strength of the the sides that are going to be in there, I I think they do well to get to the final four. I think they do well to get to the final four. And if they do, that can be regarded as a measure of success just because of the massive success, I think. Yeah, I think the final four is, that's good. And, and this is me looking at the squad and trying to be realistic and sort of manage, not expectation, because I don't have the power to manage expectations, but in terms of a realistic estimate of the ability, I think final, I think last four is it's a strong showing. Actually. I think if they get to the last eight, that's yeah, not and bad, that's, that's, actually. That's, that's fair enough. The Europa like, League is ser- there's some there's some uh, serious characters in there. Like, for example, at the moment, would you fancy Barca over two legs against Porto? No. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Too many young players are being asked to do too much too soon into their careers, like we saw last season yep. with Pedri. But injuries now, you know, Jordi Alba went down against Barca, uh, against ben, uh, Bayern, sorry. And obviously, like we've said a lot this season, just isn't the same Barca at the moment. And there's a lot of work for Javi to do there. More experienced players who've been affected by injury or who aren't decisive um, and whose peak is already clearly in sight. It's just, you don't, you look at that team and you think, who are the match winners? Mm. Who are the fully fit, consistent match winners? And the answer is, I mean, there aren't any. Well, the positive is it is good to see Dembele kind of like back in there and seemingly having faith, the faith of Javi. Yeah. 
Um, it'd be really interesting to see if he can stay fit for the rest of the season, what, what, what he looks like at the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? Like how he can... I wish Xavi had got to manage a better squad. I wish Xavi had got too. to manage hard on the heels of like a Valverde where mm-hmm. things were still in flux or still together because then he could have brought Dembele through as a kind of junior attacker to Messi. Whereas now the responsibility Dembele has is too great for his lack of consistency. You know what I mean? And that's not, that's not a knock on Dembele. It's just that the role he's being given so much is expected. And I think as a primary attacker, he doesn't yet have the chops for that. And if he'd been brought alongside someone who was a more consistent scorer, then he could have eased himself into that role. But um, yeah, it's a tough, tough ask for him. Tough ask for Barca. Um, Daphne says, is there a footballer whose face more loudly says, I need a holiday than Gerard Piquet? <laughs> That's an amazing question. <laughs> uh, do you know what? There is one actually. And I meant to say it on Monday's podcast and I forgot. The camera cut that Bundesliga directors have absolutely nailed, which cuts the Jan Sommer after Gladbach no. conceded a goal. Do you know it's wild because Sommer spent the entire summer stopping everything. Everything. Maybe that's I it. Reckon Maybe Jan because Sommer. his surname literally means summer in German. He can only really do it in the summer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what he did there. There was a point he was so, he was so cold in that tournament that I reckon he could have thrown a stone at him in his sleep and he would have caught it. Like he would have just, he was sensing everything. Um, but yeah, that's a good shout actually. Jan Sommer and PK, they need a rest. There should almost be 11. There should almost be like, there should almost be like an 11 of like weary footballers. <laughs> just exhausted football. Really? I have to do this. I have to clean up this. Before we go to a break, one final question from one of Stadio's resident Barcelona fans, Diana Christine. Oh yes, the great. He says, "What's the Champions League?" Oh my goodness! Let's take a break. <laughs> That's <laughs> devastating. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams, so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, man, here's one from Arnulfo Aguirre. I was, I think I always pronounced Arnulfo's surname wrong every time he asks a question. Sorry, Arnulfo. If I can get a proper pronunciation check on that so we can nail it next time. Um, what, correct us, yeah. what competition is going to have more chaos, Champions League knockout or Europa League knockout? Oh, Europa League knockout. I think Europa League as well. Of actually. course, it's the Europa League. Listen, that, that tournament. Although, although. Spice upon spice. Yeah, I mean, there are some really good sides that have gone into that. That's what I'm saying. In the Europa League, yes. Listen, nobody wants, and I want no parts of that. No parts of that. It's a free for all. <laughs> yeah, it's I would an absolute free for all. I, I mean, it's gonna, I think it's going to be extremely entertaining. That's the Europa League. It's going to be mega Dude, fun. And, and think, like, by, this, by the time you're all hearing this, you'll know which one of Villarreal and Atalanta are in there. If Atalanta are in there as well. Do you know what? It's so wild that Napoli might not even go through. 
That is how wild it is. It's that chaotic. <laughs> you want, nobody wants any parts of, if anyone looks at that, if anyone says they want any part of the Europa League, I'll be like, I'm not safe around you. <laughs> You're too chaotic. You're too chaotic. <laughs> well, it's the tournament equivalent of walking into a burning building. That's what it is. That's what it is. Although there are I mean, some, there are some agents of chaos in the Champions League though. I mean, I think Ajax, for example. Ryan, it's not Ryan. No, 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 I know. I'm just saying, I'm, 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 I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm, loop, I'm looping it back though to, to, to the Champions League. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the context, yeah. We had one from Sayed who said, do you think this Ajax team has a chance to equal or better what the team in 2019 did? That's a, mm, uh, well, no, I, mm, it has a chance, but it's not as strong because, look, as good as this Ajax team is, that other one went, they went within like the final minute of getting the actual final. And the people that did not see Ajax coming last time, are aware. You know that moment in like Lord of the Rings where like Sauron had rebuilt his army? It's like that. Like the, the giants have reassembled now. Like Real Madrid, they're like, okay, you were the scorpion in the sock, but we're a scorpion now. We're coming mm. for everyone. There's a lot of people that are on their game. So look, I think Ajax, a, a really strong performance for them is a quarter final and then beyond that, anyone's guess. But I mean, to go, let's not forget how special that team was that got to the semi um, and what it was bringing to the table. See, I think this is a different side though. I mean, it is a different side, but I think this is a bit more of a streetwise side. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that that side of 2019 had the freedom just to kind of go. Mm. No one really expected them to be there. They had this core group of young emerging talent paired with a couple of really wise old heads. And it just worked. I think this right. time round, there's obviously a, quite a bit of turnover from that squad who went uh, in 2019. But I don't think this side is as naive, for example, in a in it's a not. really endearing way. And I wonder whether they might be able to actually like sting a couple of people in a different way to that 2019 squad. But I don't think I would actually be as surprised if I saw Ajax into the semi-final this time as I was in 2019. But maybe that's I because of the progress from the 2019 the, squad. The so. big beast, the big beasts all paying attention though. In a way, that's Ajax also true, yeah. yeah. Chelsea, I mean, goodness. Chelsea, Man City, Bayern, PSG are showing up. PSG are definitely showing up. Like even Messi, I mean, I, you can kind of, I don't know if it's fair to say he's playing within himself, but he's coming alive in the group stages. Real are dangerous. Inter could do something. I mean, they have their work cut out for the semi. Like to go beyond, I'm only saying this because I think to get to the semi-finals would be an exceptional outcome. And that sounds patronising, but just in terms of the depth and what other teams are bringing to the table, quarters I would I would put let me be bold. For them, for for a team of this quality, I think that the quarterfinal is the par. Yeah, for I a think team you're right. of this quality, that's how good. They but again, are. it all depends um, on the draw. Yeah. Like if they yeah, if they yeah. get Bayern, you know, or Man City, they could sting Bayern. They could like sting Bayern. You think they could? Yeah, I think they're more likely to sting Bayern than they are to sting Man City. I think. Do you know who I? Do you know who I actually want to see? I actually want to. I, I want to see Porto Bayern as that draw. Oh my god! Do you know? Do you know? I'd rather see Ajax Bayern because I think the way Ajax would go at them, variety of goal scorers. They got Haller. They got mobile playmakers. They could cut. They could really cause an unsettled backline a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Even Barcelona against Bayern, having lost three nil, did did cause trouble. Mm. Yeah, they had a couple of chances in the first half as well. Yeah, the, car, the kind of chances that a centre forward, a bit more streetwise, to use your word, um, would have put away. Uh, Memphis, much less of a fixed point. I love Memphis for many reasons, but in terms of a fixed point, as a nine, Haller, a traditional nine against an unsettled Bayern defence in the Champions League, could do some damage. I quite like the chances against them. But but this is the thing, it's all matchups in the Champions League. That's the point. Mm. It's all matchups. It's who you get the draw. Um, I had one from Matthew Golder saying, "Can Ajax win it?" But that's I think we've kind of answered that for you. Uh, Rory Salica says, "Do you think Chelsea should be on notice with how bad the backline has been lately, especially with the potential of playing Bayern, Madrid, or Ajax in the next round?" No, because I think they had a wobble last season as well under Tuchel, like a couple of games here and there where they were just they didn't really fire. 
And I think also a couple of the results where they, a couple of the poor results they've had in this little run that they've been on, they've actually played pretty well. I think they played really well against Burnley and it was just one of those. Yeah. Plus they had Malang Sar against Zenit, Malang Sar instead of Rudiger. Mm. And that's no disrespect as the person in Malang Sar, if you look at Rudiger and his personality and his role in bringing the ball up, him missing reconfigures the entire Chelsea defence. It's basically a completely different defence. Like, so... Mm. Yeah, people forget it's not just individual players, it's combinations. Not the person asked the question forgets that, but just generally. Um, I think that there's such a thing as good problems to have. And this is a good time to have those good problems for Chelsea because they can look at that, look at the challenges and reconfigure. You could actually argue that Zenit have been responsible for two major aspects of reconfiguration for Chelsea because this time, the, the previous game, when Zenit, I think it was a, a narrow win for Chelsea in the group stages, but Zenit really gave them a chasing just after playing Villa, that was on the back of maybe three games when Chelsea really up against it. They had to go away and do some problem solving. So this further problem posed by Zenit is actually quite good for Chelsea in the context of the season because it makes them go in and work on stuff. So yeah, it's a good time to get a bloody nose, I think, for them. I've got quite a lot of questions about like, you know, who will go certain, who will go this way, who will go that way. So this, this one from Joe who said, are Manchester United a dark horse contender for the Champions League now that Rang- Rangnick is there? a la Chelsea with Tuchel last year. Do you know what? They are only because he's such a good coach and United are so stacked with talent and they won't necessarily, I think they're going to really struggle to make the Champions League in terms of top four. I think they'll struggle to make that so they might end up being desperate. And a desperate Manchester United who are really well coached, who are giving some shape, who are like, let's throw everything at the Champions League are quite dangerous. And I'm not saying that as a kind of a biased fan. I'm saying it because the elements are there for them to do something disruptive just because they don't have other options. Um, so yeah, I think they are, they're a decent dark horse actually, I think. You think so? Yeah, I think so because they'll have had months. Rangnick will have had months with them and he'll be like, do you know, he's there for six months, right? And he's got a stacked squad and he's kind of auditioning maybe for like a more permanent job. So he's got like the siege mentality. It's at there. where though? At Man United? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's there, he's got the six months, right? At United, but then he and might, he's got the, he's two got the consultancy, consultancy yeah. but he might want, he want, he might want to manage longer. We don't know, but the point is he's got six months with his squad and they'll be galvanized. A lot of people playing for their futures at that club. Um, so because it's like, everything's new. There was a thing that, um, the great Carl Anker commented, he said, um, you know, he sounded generally disappointed not to be able to use Phil Jones. Now, if that's, if that's someone in it, if Rangnick is someone who's come in and is like, everyone has a clean slate, that's very exciting for a player. Um, so I think that as a dark horse, yeah, why not? Because they've got nothing to lose, basically. No expectation at this point. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as convinced. Yeah, I don't know. Varane comes back. When is he back, um, by the way? I don't know. He'll be back before March. Oh, yeah. Varane comes, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a new, Varane back, Maguire back. Things look different very quickly. True. Maybe, maybe they are. Uh, Ryan Tightman says, is Salzburg now the reddest Red Bull? <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if actually, who is the, uh, the feeder club's shifts and actually everyone starts <laughs> going to RB Salzburg, like Red Bull Salzburg. You have to fight all the other all the other Red Bulls to like become the ultimate Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, Zobber's like goes back. <laughs> <laughs> For the moment, yeah, actually they are. They've got the forces with them. The forces with them. And they've been super exciting in the Champions League for sure. You wouldn't fancy playing them. They're not an easy. They're one of those draws. You know, the Champions League people are like, oh, they're kind of like an no nah, in Salzburg. I think yeah, I think there are a few tricky there are a few tricky sides in this Champions League. Definitely. You know, even like we like Sporting going through to. I don't think we made as enough of a fuss about sporting actually when we recorded the last one because I think it's only the second time into the group stage in their history uh, in the knockouts in their history like oh, wow. through the group stage in yeah, the Champions that's a big League deal. huge deal so um, but I mean as you saw with Ajax I know that those two were kind of already through but I'm not sure that they I think they can cause teams problems but maybe not in the way that some of the other teams can right right they're still great to see them there. And it's so good if Porto had gone through as well, man. Yeah. But then you wouldn't be able to watch Atleti in the Champions League. All right, this one from Snaps. 
What will Atleti need to do in order to regain the form they had last year that won them the league? And can they transfer that same form into the upcoming rounds of the Champions League knockout stages? Do you mind if I jump in here? Go for it. Because I think this is really starting to bug Simeone that he can't figure out what to do with this bunch of players. And I think that's just the results. Like, for example, you saw how much they celebrated getting through the group, obviously, because they would do. But I think they were also celebrating the result and the way that they won it. It was a very athletic way to win, like we mentioned at the top of the show. It's like in Heat. Ah, here we go. Tom Sizemore's character in Heat. For me, the action is the juice. <laughs> I, I don't know if he knows. And I think this is part of Simeone that's a bit like, you know, yeah, we've played some okay stuff the last 18 months. We've got Chao Felix, we've got Griezmann, we've got Carrasco, we've got Correa, we've got Cunha, we've got Luis Suarez, we've got this whole, you know, Thomas Lamar. Simon Rodrigo de Paul got this, you know, got this whole functioning, well, not functioning, but potentially unbelievable midfield and attacking unit. You know, you've got uh, Max Lorente, you've got Kieran Trippier, you've got all of these players who are just, mm. but then, ain't felt nothing like that brawl against Porto for a while. Have you found the new way of saying the suffering is necessary? And he's just like, <laughs> oh, do you know what? Actually, no, because I don't think I don't think that's suffering for for Simeone. I think that's like that's the sign. That's the proof. It's the juice, man. It's you know, juice. I told this before. When Atleti celebrated winning the league, and it was terrifying because they seemed to be attacking each other, and then he realised <laughs> it was just really aggressive bonding, and like you know, they were like sort of like hugging each other and shoving each other. And they were just like they were loving it. It was a bit like when um, you remember MOP when MOP were in their pump. Oh yeah, and yeah, like MOP. Anti, it was like that anti, like that's the most MOP, like MOP are like the kind of atleti of rap in that sense. You um, could cut that, you could cut the last 25 minutes of that game against Porto to fit with anti up. You actually could. Like, just imagine the intro, like, yeah. it just starts <laughs> with like Carrasco hooking that guy. If I had video editing skills, I would just cut atleti highlights to that. It'd be unbelievable. What more do they need? Honestly, but what more do they need? I don't mm. know, actually. And this is, the, this is the weird thing for them. It's almost like a, like I say, between two stools and how do they progress? Because look, you look at like Real Madrid, they've worked it out. Ancelotti's just gone there and sorted out. And he's made some tough calls, Ancelotti. He won't get credit for that because his, his squad is stacked. But he has some tough calls to make, actually, Ancelotti. And he's made them. And Real Madrid are just aligned really well. Modric is pressing. When Modric is playing high up in the final third, you know Real are dangerous. I said this before. And he is looking... Modric is playing like he's 30, frankly, mm. at this point. Maybe even late 20s. So yeah, um, he's got them firing. There was a really sorry. great quote from, uh, from Ancelotti that I wanted to read. I saw Dermot Corrigan tweet it. Deep defensive blocks suit us. We don't have midfielders defend, to defend in open spaces. It is less aesthetic, but we are doing very well. I don't mind not having possession. You don't win by having possession. You win by scoring goals. I quite like that. He's like, this is what this group of players is good at. Let's get them doing it. Very much Luis Enrique vibes in 2015. Mm. Like, we're going to sacrifice match control for directness. Mm. I'm gonna go out, we're going to go out and play some decent football too, going at people. Um, yeah, he's just got that squad really nicely aligned and they look, it's hard to look past them. For the league. At, at this point, at this mm. point, it's hard to look, yeah, yeah. I think especially with the wobbles of Sevilla and... Um, Sociedad as well. Not so much, Not so much struggles, but Sociedad just a, like a, not goal shy, but they're not a team that, that really has the firepower of Real, no disrespect. Um, no, I don't think that's, I mean... No disrespect, yeah, just... When you can bring Luka Jovic off the bench... Exactly, exactly. Who admittedly yeah. hasn't exactly been a goal machine since he left Eintracht, but still, he's a, an amazing finisher. And he's shown some decent signs since his return as well. So, yeah. I mean, um, you bring a hundred million, you bring Hazard off the bench, for goodness sake. I mean, Hazard's not what he was, but he's still Hazard. Yeah. Who was it was talking about? I can't remember. Someone's talking about him and Coutinho ending up at Newcastle. Can I just say this? I just wonder what it does psychologically to be a player who has been acquired for that much money. Mm. And then, you know, you look at like someone like Pepe at Arsenal, 
Coutinho, obviously Barcelona, Dembele, and just look, these are still human beings. And I know that footballers often say, oh, the money doesn't, it's not my problem, it's not my price tag, but it is still a price tag. And someone's paid 80 million, 100 million, 150 for you, for a human being, an asset. And I don't see how, I don't see how you can just swap that aside. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm sh- that thing has to, you saw it with Pogba, there was a real sense of Pogba when he came as the most expensive player that that, I don't think he enjoyed that, to be honest. I don't think he enjoyed that fee. I think if Pogba had moved for like 40 million, different story. To be fair, the player who's borne the price tag best, it's probably Mbappe actually. Yeah, I think. If you think of every, you think you think of everybody who's been transferred for like astonishing amounts of money, it's probably him that's emerged best. The fact that Mbappe had like a really bad year in the Champions League, and still was the youngest Champions League player to break thirty goals ahead of Leo Messi by about a year, that's that's incredible. That's incredible, actually. Should we finish on a fun one? Was there anything else you want to touch about on the Champions League? I know we've kind of apologies if this has been a little bit. So is the Champions League, but the Champions League's been quite, yeah, yeah. I'm not apologising for anything. Yeah, well, this is my sweet you know, spot. you don't have to read <laughs> the emails, so I do. <laughs> <laughs> this one from Matt Celentano. After seeing the Atalanta Villarreal game snowed out, what are your personal favourite conditions for playing football? Time of day, season, temperature, weather, etc. This is a funny one. So my uncle, we were going to watch... Um, a game once and he was like look at this he said he said this is the Dutch love playing in this and it was like it was grey with little wind and it was like 16 degrees and he said the Dutch in this they're the most dangerous and I think the Dutch in that the Dutch in those conditions minimal wind slightly overcast so it's almost like that's the context in which to watch like the peak Dutch team so I think it's probably that one actually um but, but then again, having said it, that, no playing in the game, you yourself. I quite like that as well, actually. I, 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 it's, I don't know how you feel, but extreme temperatures actually are quite good for me. So one of my favourite games, actually, actually, my favourite game I think I played was, I had flu, really bad flu, and we played... Um, Should we play football with flu? I know, but I realised that afterwards, but like, well, would, but I basically like wore thermals, everything, Vicks on the chest, and it was like, bitterly cold. One of those ones where you drop, you drop the, the ball would bounce and there was so much ice on the pitch that it bounced like oddly unevenly against like our hated rivals, you know, at college, uh, at uni. And we basically won and got the hell out of there. And I spent the rest of the day like in a hot shower and wrapped up in bed. But I think the sense of like the adversarial sense of playing in such cold conditions and still winning 2-1 made that ideal. So yeah, probably those wintry conditions, shout out to Woodstock Road, shout out to St. John's Keeble College. Yeah, that was the one. I think the yeah, icy conditions. Nice. I think uh, especially when we moved to when I moved to Germany and you a lot of the the league that we play in um well, most 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 clubs have astro pitches or 3G pitches, 4G pitches. So I just say playing in the rain. Everything's just lightning quick. Yeah, one two touch everything. <sighs> well, it's like so I really love playing in the rain. Always have done since I was a kid. Like as soon as the rain came down, it was just like, right, let's go. It's like racing in the wet, isn't it? <laughs> the ball moves differently when you're playing. You have to think more. Everything matters. When the rain comes, you're like, okay, for me anyway, rain and wind, it's okay. Keep the ball low. One, two touch. Decision before. When the ball comes to you, like you want the pass slightly away from you so you can draw the man in with the run and the touch. Like all of it is like, everything matters. Like it's just, everything is quicker, sharper, tighter. I know what you mean. Yeah, especially on artificial pitches. Yeah. If you're playing, like a lot of people do at lower level, they like to play long. Yeah. If you're going to play long at that level, you have to get it absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My and God. it's really difficult. So I just I just love it. I love I loved playing in the rain. It's amazing. All right, man, should we bounce? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's late here. Indeed. We hope everyone's staying safe and well. As we mentioned at the top of the show, stadio.football, scroll down to the bottom, pop your email address in if you want to get the newsletter. If you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. That'd be very kind. Theringer.com forward slash soccer for all of your soccer needs on The Ringer. And Stadio Outros plays on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on this one, Bass Bully by Elmore Judd. Anything you would like to add, Mr. Rockwonga? 
All right then, everyone. Much love. Have a lovely weekend. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.